You are listening to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 35. friends, welcome to the podcast. Today I'm going to talk about money again. I know I talked about money a little bit on a previous podcast, but I was talking to my daughter the other night and she was critiquing my podcast as my children have a tendency to do, giving me constructive criticism because they're very constructive and have a lot of great suggestions. But anyway, she said to me, mom, I listened to your money podcast and it really wasn't about money. And so I thought about it and I said, well, you're right. It wasn't about actual dollar money. It was more about our attitude about our clients' money and how do we handle clients when they don't have enough money to afford their pets and pay for our services. And that's more what it was about. So on this podcast, I want to just talk about some of the practical aspects of money and how we go about spending and saving and our attitude about money and how we create an attitude of abundance and an attitude of respect for money so we don't waste it and blow it and we actually can make some and have some. And if we don't obsess over it, how much better our life can be. So that's kind of the angle that I want to come at. So hopefully I'll be successful in that. I really do enjoy money. I love talking about it. I love saving it. I love investing it and spending it. And the thing I love best is giving it away and using it to help people. That's one of my favorite things to do with money. And I've always had the attitude around money that it's only money. And I think that comes from something my dad used to say to me when I'd get really stressed and upset about something that involved some sort of money pressure. My dad would say, it's only money. That was the quote. And when you really think about it, it's so true. It's only money. It's out there. It's available to all of us. And we just have to create a really good attitude about it. And we can attract it to us. I, I really think that's true. It seems to me the more that we are open-handed with our finances and our money and the more that we respect it as a tool and not something that we have to hoard and collect and worry about, the better off we'll be. So that's what I want to talk about today. First, I want to examine our attitude about money because I really think your attitude dictates a lot of what you do and how you feel about your money. So I think we need to examine what our thoughts are. Now, my thoughts are it's a tool. I love to give it away. It's only money. It's not that big of a deal. That has always kind of been my attitude. But if you have thoughts like money is hard, money is scarce, I'm not going to have enough, I can't get enough in my job, this job doesn't pay enough, if you have those kind of attitudes about money, that's going to restrict your thinking and it's going to restrict the possibilities. It's going to close your mind off to possible avenues of obtaining money and possible solutions to your money problems. So I think the first place to start is to really examine your attitude about money. And you can do that by writing that those things down. 
What do you really feel about money? How does money make you feel when you have it? How do you spend it? How do you save it? Do you spend every penny that comes into your house? Do you buy things that you really don't need? Do you buy frivolous things, things that aren't quality? And what is your attitude about money? And that's a really good place to start by examining that. Your thoughts about money will dictate how you spend it, how you save it, how you work with it. So examine those thoughts and make sure you're having the thoughts that you want to have about money. Make sure that you, you're having this abundance attitude about it, that there's always more out there, that there's more, always more that I can do to save it. There's opportunities, there's things that I can do. Because that abundance attitude and that attitude that my dad has that it's only money will serve you and it'll make you not afraid of money and not afraid of the pursuit of money. And pursuing money is a beautiful thing. It's not greed. It's beautiful. You want to have money. You want to be able to have more money than you need so you can help other people and use it as a tool. Most of us value stuff more than we value money, and it takes money to buy stuff. So look around the area that you're sitting in right now. If you're in your car, if you're in your home, look around and see if you have too much stuff. And I'd be willing to bet that most of us do. I can't believe the amount of stuff I've bought in my life. And when I started to get a different attitude about money and saving money, I started to buy less stuff and I continue to do so. I continue to look at things before I buy them as, is this necessary? Is this something that's going to make me truly happy? Is this something I absolutely love? And I think that's, some, that's the first thing that we can do to start changing our attitude about money and the way that we save it and spend it. Now, there's two people that I have spent a lot of time studying, and I think it would behoove all of you to at least take a little peek at these people's products or books. And one of them is Dave Ramsey, who I truly love listening to. He's a hoot. He's got great ideas. And the other one's Susie Orman, and I like her as well. Now, they have a little different approach to the way they approach money, but they both have great tools, and it's a really good place to start. So if you haven't heard them or seen them or listened to any of their podcasts or read their books, that's where I would encourage you to start if you're really trying to get a handle on your money. What I'm going to do today is I'm going to go through a list of things that I've kind of developed through Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman, and also that I took from a study of millionaires. Uh, there was a study of millionaires, and they basically asked them, what do you do to be a millionaire? And who doesn't want to do that? Who doesn't want to be a millionaire? The definition of a millionaire is your net worth. Basically, what that means is add everything up that you have in your life, take away your debts, and then that's the amount of money that you have. So wouldn't we all like to be millionaires? And here's some tips and I'm just going to go through them, and hopefully some of these will help you start to get a better attitude about money. The first one is to buy less stuff 
which I kind of already talked about, but also buy used stuff. There's so many things that go down in value when we buy them new. The biggest one is cars. Cars are huge wastes of money, new cars especially, because they drop in value the minute you drive them off the lot. So the first thing that I think we should all do is think about buying used. Buy used cars. You can buy used clothing. That's perfectly wonderful. You can go to thrift shops and buy things for your home that are used. And this is a terrific money saver. This will serve you so well if you think about buying used. Many, many millionaires buy used cars, buy clunkers sometimes and drive those, or buy a car that's only a couple years old and then drive it for 10 or 15 years. Right now, I have a van that I bought in 2005, and unfortunately, I bought it before I realized that I should be buying used. I bought it new. I paid for it, but I've driven it for all these years, and I still have it. It's not my main car, but I'm kind of attached to it. It's kind of like a pet to me. And so it's this big, clunky, my kids call it a ghetto van, but it's amazing and I love it. And I don't have to buy a new car if I have a car that's used. You can also buy used stuff for your house. And this is a big money-saving tip. Don't buy brand new artwork. Don't buy brand new furniture. There's so many things that you can get used. I'm actually a member of this little antique and craft mall, and I started participating in this mall experience because I wanted to get rid of some of the junk that I had bought over the years in my house. I had bought so much stuff sitting around my house that I thought, well, maybe I should get rid of some of this stuff. And if I sell it, I can get some of this money back that I spent when I was young and stupid. So I joined this antique and craft mall and I can take my stuff there and set it up and put a price on it and people buy it. And this place is amazing. There is so much stuff in there. You would never have to shop anywhere else. The only thing they don't have is clothing, but anything you want for your house, there's books, there's videos, anything you could ever want is in this mall. And it's all really inexpensive. So those are the kind of places that you should be shopping. Don't go to the store and pay full price. Don't buy crappy stuff that is cheap but doesn't hold up because it just ends up in a landfill. And so buying used is one of the best tips I can give you for saving your money. The second tip that I love and I really try to hold to is buying things with cash. If you don't have the cash, don't buy it. Credit cards are such a waste. And I was shocked that many of my employees at my hospital, and this happened quite a few years ago, but many of them didn't understand that every time you use a credit card, the merchant, who is the store that you're buying from, has to pay a fee. It's a percentage. And so many of the people that work for me didn't really get that. So not only are you going into debt, and if you don't pay it off right away, not only are you paying extra money for that interest rate, that huge interest rate that they're charging you, but also the merchants having to pay. So if you use a credit card at your small store on the corner, that corner store merchant has to pay. And what a waste. You don't want the credit card companies getting more money. So 
don't buy with credit. Use your debit card, which is a little bit cheaper. There's still some fees involved with that, but quite a bit cheaper for the merchant and better for you because you're not spending money that you don't have. But if you can actually use cash, like actual money in your hand, you're going to be a lot less likely to spend it because there's so much more pain involved. And this is something that Dave Ramsey talks about all the time is it's much more painful to plunk down a $20 bill than to get out that plastic credit card and swipe it. And the other thing I heard one time, which I thought was fabulous, was they don't give you that $20 bill back. And so it feels like you're losing something or giving something. And the credit card, they swipe it and give it right back to you. Or now you stick it in that little machine and it comes right back to you. So there's no pain involved. There's much more pain involved with spending cash. So definitely spend cash. You can put it in little envelopes. That's what Dave Ramsey says to do. And I think um, Susie Ormanos also talks about that. Um, and you can keep it in a little envelope and give yourself a budget. Or you can just keep some cash in your wallet and only spend the amount of cash that you have. So if you're at a store and something costs $25 and you only have a 20 in your purse or your wallet, you can't spend. It's going to save you so much money. The next tip I have for you, I'm super passionate about because I'm horrified by the number of people that I work with that don't save anything for retirement. And many of them don't save anything at all. I've talked to employees of mine and I'll say, why are you not in our simple IRA? Why aren't you contributing every month? And they'll say things like, well, I can't afford it. I don't have enough money. And I just cringe because you have to afford it. You can afford it. The problem is they live paycheck to paycheck. They buy stuff that they don't really need. And if they just put a little bit into that simple IRA every month or that 401k that their company offers, they would actually be saving towards their retirement. And what they don't realize is that by not saving, they're just allowing themselves to waste more money. It just breaks my heart. When you contribute to a simple IRA or a 401k, most companies take that money out pre-taxed, which is amazing because you're saving on your taxes. The other thing that happens is it comes out of your paycheck before you even see it. And psychologically, that's beautiful. Because not seeing that money is the only way you're going to save it. Once somebody hands you that 100 bucks that you make in the week, that $100 is as well as gone because it's in your hand and you're going to spend it. If somebody hands you 90 and puts the other 10 in your simple IRA, you're not even going to notice it. You're just going to have $90 to spend and you're going to be able to pay your bills and buy your food and do all those things that you want to do with that $100 minus that 10 Now, the thing that's even more amazing about saving for your, your retirement in a 401k or a simple IRA that your company provides is a lot of them do what's called matching. And then it gets even more beautiful because in my hospital, it worked that if you contributed $10 to your IRA, you got $10. It was a dollar per dollar match up to a certain percentage of your payroll. So most of the most of the people that worked 
could match it dollar for dollar. Oh my gosh, so you're getting free money. And it used to frustrate me so badly when people say they couldn't afford it. How many people would turn away free money? You know, if I walked up to you and gave you a $100 bill, would you give it back to me? I don't think so. So if your company's offering to match the amount of money you put in your retirement account, just do it. Don't even think about it. And if you feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck, just do it. Start with $5. Start with $10. Any little amount. I'm so frustrated over this whole concept because there's so many people that miss out. And I see the amount of money that people save. I have some of my employees that started very small. They'd give $10, $25 a month. And after like 10 years, they have so much money. It's amazing. So don't turn that down. Really look at it and make sure that you do it. And that brings me to the concept of auto-saving, which is kind of what we're talking about. But I'm talking about the IRAs and the 401ks. So you're t- you are saving for retirement in that system. But you can also auto-save money. And that works basically just the same. If you can take a small amount of money out of your account automatically every month and just throw it into a savings account or a checking account that you don't pay attention to, you're going to save a ton of money. And this happened to me once. Years ago, we had a bank come in. It was a local bank, and they called me and they said, we have the special deal that if you open a checking account with our bank, we'll give you $50 free. And so I had them come in and talk to us, and a few of the people that work for me decided to do it. And basically all we had to do was open a checking account with this bank, and it was actually an interest-earning checking account, which was even better, and the they would give you $50. And the way they gave you $50 is it had to be an auto deposit from your check. So from our paychecks, they were able to take out money. So I think I did $50 a month or something like that. I don't even remember, but it was it was minimal. And so I got the free 50 bucks and then I auto deposited $50 into this checking account. And then it just came out of my account every month, $50, $50, $50. And I didn't even notice it. And this account just sat there and it got interest and it grew. It was a few years later, it wasn't that long later that my son needed a new saxophone. And I was like, oh, where am I going to get the money to pay for this horn? Because it was several thousand dollars. And I was like, I just didn't have that money laying around. It was tied up in my retirement or wherever. And I just didn't want to take it out of my budget. Well, I looked at this account, this checking account that I set up with this bank randomly because they gave me free $50. And I had plenty of money in there to buy this saxophone. It was amazing. So then all I had to do was write a check for the saxophone that my son needed. So the idea of auto deposit or auto saving is so valuable. You just have to do it. Have it transferred, even if it's just a minimal amount, into your auto IRA and your auto 401k, especially if there's matching, and try to really max it out if you can. If you can afford to, if you can get your budget to the point where your debts are paid off and you can maximize your retirement savings, just do it. Believe me. 
It sounds terrible when you're young, but when you get older, you're going to be so grateful that you did it. So just do it. So the next thing I want to talk about when it comes to money is not getting into debt. And I know so many of us are in student loan debt. It's such a big problem in our profession. And so many of us are just normal Americans and we run up credit card debt and we buy things that we can't afford and we have car debt. And it just seems like a normal American thing to do or a normal normal human thing to do. It just seems normal. But try not to do it. Try to get that debt paid off. It costs so much money. It costs money in interest. It causes so much stress. It's just not a healthy thing to do. And if you're already in a whole bunch of debt, don't sweat it. Remember that it's only money and you can pay it off. But concentrate on it. Work towards it. Don't buy inexpensive junk and crap. Put your money towards that debt and get it paid off. Pay it off as fast as you can. Work at it as hard as you can. It's a super important thing to do. I totally get the going into debt thing. I used to do it. I used to think it was normal. I had student loan debt. I had car debt. I used to think it was normal. That van that I had, I paid it off. I paid it on a loan. And I cringe now to believe how much I spent in interest on that van. But I learned my lesson and I don't do it anymore. I don't take out debt unless I absolutely have to for a home or something like that. That kind of debt is reasonable, but it's so important to get our debt paid off. Now, if you listen to Dave Ramsey, which I told you I love Dave Ramsey, they do all these debt-free screams. And so if you need motivation to get out of debt, go listen to Dave Ramsey's podcast, listen to his radio show, read his books, and you can get some inspiration. And don't despair. If you have hundreds of thousand dollars in debt, and I think the statistic for veterinarians was the average veterinary student comes out of school with 167,000 plus dollars in debt. If you have that, don't despair. There are ways to get it paid off. Don't let it bury you. Get a good attitude around it. Think about it as it's only money and it's only debt, but I am going to work my ass off to get it paid off and I am going to conquer it. Think of it as a challenge because it's so discouraging if you think of it as a mountain that you're never going to be able to climb. A lot of money is attitude. We have to have a really strong, good, healthy attitude with our money in order to handle it, in order to do the right things by it, in order to invest it properly, in order to pay off debt. A lot of it revolves around attitude. So get a really strong, kick-ass I'm going to take care of this attitude about debt and don't despair. There's plenty of tools. There's plenty of things you can do to pay off your debt. And if you need help, contact somebody to help you. Contact somebody that knows what they're doing with money and that doesn't charge you an arm and a leg because you shouldn't have to pay a lot to get advice about money. Speak to a coach, speak to somebody that can help you make these money decisions and somebody like me that's been through the ringer and knows 
all the ups and downs and ins and out of this can at least give you basic advice, help you manage your mind around money. So don't get discouraged about debt, but don't get yourself buried so deeply that you feel hopeless and helpless because you can't bankrupt your way out of this. Student loan debt isn't bankruptable, if that's a word. Get a healthy attitude about how you're going to beat it down and beat it up and have a great attitude that you can overcome it because you can. I got over mine. There's stories and stories and stories about people that pay off hundreds of thousands of debt in less than two or three years. In fact, that reminds me, I heard a story on Dave Ramsey, and this was about a month ago, but it was a couple of veterinarians. They were both veterinarians, and they had, I want to say it was $350,000 in debt, and they paid it off in less than five years. And that just blew me away. But they worked super hard. They worked extra jobs. They took weekend gigs at emergency clinics. And they just pounded and pounded and pounded on that debt until they got rid of it. So if you think it can't be done, that's a lie that your brain is telling you. Don't believe it. It can be done. Work on your debt. And don't go into more debt, please. It's something I'm really passionate about. Because I've made all the mistakes with money that can be made, and I've learned my lessons. And you don't need to do it to learn your lesson. So listen to the people that have been through it before. Listen to me. Listen to Dave Ramsey. I know all about all the mistakes you can make with money, but I also know that you can overcome it and become wealthy and have money to help other people, which is really, in my mind, what it's all about. The last thing I want to talk about on this podcast when it comes to money, and I don't know if you just heard that, but my stomach just growled. Hopefully not. The last thing I want to talk about when it comes to money is working your finances backwards. And I read about this concept, and I think it's just an amazing way to look at money. So I wanted to talk about it. And basically, what it means is pick a number that you need or you want when it comes to your finances. So let's say it's your annual income. If you decide that you want to make $100,000 a year, or let's pick $200,000. If you want to make $200,000 a year, and that's what you decide that you need or you want, or for whatever reason, it can be arbitrary, but that's the number you want, what you're going to do is write that down as your goal. So 200000 we're picking that number. And it can be out as outrageous as you want. Let's say you say you want to be a millionaire. Or let's say, you know, you have a time frame. I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 40. Or whatever it is. Pick a goal and make it as outrageous as you want to make it. And then work that goal backwards. So what I mean by that is if you want to make $200,000 a year, that's your goal. Now, The way you work it backward is you break it down into steps. Well, what does that mean? $200,000 a year means that you have to make $16,666 a month. And then what does that mean? If you divide it by weeks, how much do you need to make per week? So if you take $200,000 and divide it by 52 weeks a year, you get $3,846. 
So now, every week, you need to make $3,846. Is that possible? I think it is. So now, how are you going to do that? Do you need to get a different job that pays better? Do you need to get some sort of signing bonus and divide it up to make that possible? Do you need to get a second job or do you need to sell some things in your house? What is it that you need to do? And once you have this future-focused goal and you break it down into smaller chunks, what exactly can I do to make this happen? Now you can set up a booth at the craft mall like I did and sell some of your crap and get rid of it and make some extra money that way. You can have a garage sale, you can babysit, you can deliver pizzas, whatever it is that you can do to make that money. The idea of it is is to set a goal and then break it down backwards rather than trying to work it forwards. The beauty of that is, is you can get it down into little tiny steps. And then you can plug that into your budget and say, okay, how is this going to work with my time? What can I do to make extra money in order to add to this pot of money that I'm trying to make? Can I look for a different job? Can I negotiate a different salary? Can I see more clients? What is it that I can do if I'm paid on a percentage? Possibly it is to see more clients, but what is it I can do to make this goal? It's just such a beautiful way to think about it, and it makes it so much easier to break it down into little tiny chunks. If you do that and you get down to the week and you're like, whoa, that sounds hard, then work it out. And if that doesn't work, you can back off your goal a little bit. But the idea is is to dream big and to set some big audacious goals because the trick is is that if you don't set a goal – and you don't work towards something, whether it's paying off your debt, whether it's making more money, whether it's selling stuff in your house, whatever the goal is, if you don't work towards something, you're going to get nothing. And that's what I really want to portray to you today on this podcast is the whole money thing revolves around attitude. It's so possible to pay off your debt. It's so possible to save money even if it's a little bit more money than you're saving right now, it's possible to spend less, even if it's just a little bit less. So we have to look at the possibilities in life, especially when it comes to money. So if it's getting a little side hustle going, if it's some talent that you have that you can offer to other people, if it if there's just some little extra thing you can do to bring in more money or to pay off more debt or to save money. That's how this backwards goal works. So to sum it all up, many things about money are just about the way we think about it. So if you think about money being abundant and available and out there for you, then you can go get it. Ways to work around money are to think of it differently, buy used things instead of new things, buy less things, pay cash for everything, pay off your debt, auto-save, invest in your IRA, invest in the 401k at work, get that matching, and then set some big goals and work them backwards. There's so many things that we can talk about when it comes to money, and I really do love this subject. I'm sure I'll talk about it again on the podcast, but I really thank you for listening today. 
If you have some ideas about this concept that you'd like me to share on the podcast, because I'm sure we're going to do another one around money, send them to me. Send me an email at jacapeldvm at gmail.com or leave me a comment in the comment section of this podcast. I'd also love to get your feedback. If you could send me some feedback, either on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast, I'd really love to hear from you. So go out there and make some money this week and have a good attitude about it. Help some people do some great work. I really appreciate you listening and I hope you have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.